Good morning. Merry Christmas. Neil, thank you for that song service. That was not only uh, just a joy to be a part of, but man, it was on point, uh, keeping, our, keeping focus, uh, heading through. Uh, Jonathan Alexander, great thoughts into communion. I tell you, it's already been good to be here. I hope I don't mess it up, I guess. Uh, more so. I know this. If it all rested on, upon me, we would all be in trouble. But luckily and thankfully, we serve a God that is much bigger and better than anything that even we can present, because he has presented himself to us in more ways, more unfathomable, rich ways than we could ever dream of. And praise God for that. Most of you know that's uh, just a few days till Christmas, right? I mean, we have tomorrow, the next day, and, and then Christmas, which means, men, uh, you've got two days before you need to start shopping. Um, you might want to have it done before Wednesday. Some of you are, uh, bring all sorts of excitement to this holiday season. If nothing else, it's represented uh, in, in a jacket like mine, or maybe even better, in a Ryan Lux suit. Uh, that, that thing's loud. Yeah. I, I, he whooped me on that one this year. We're excited maybe about just what it holds. The presents, maybe. I, I remember as a kid, man, Christmas was all about the presents that I would be getting. And as an adult, not much has changed. It's crazy. No, I'm kidding. As an adult now, with my kids, I'm like uber excited to watch them unwrap the presents that we got them or that others. I just love seeing it through their eyes. But some of us approach Christmas absolutely worn out. We don't have much excitement left. We have spent it all with everything going on. Maybe for some, there's a little bit of dread you love your family and all, but you're going to be cooped up in one small house together with these people. You haven't done that in years. <sighs> Whatever we bring, there's no doubt about it, Christmas time is here. In the air, as Silver Bells would say, the song Silver Bells, in the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. You see it everywhere. You see it in the decorations. You see it in the lights. Uh, you see it in people's faces. Walking by, wait, that's another song. Um, but you see it, and in fact, I, I'm convinced that people are more friendly this time of year. Um, they smile more, they compliment more, they say uh, even happy holidays, merry Christmas, especially when you wear a Christmas suit. My all-time favorite thing to do is wear the suit out in the community. I get to preach about Jesus like everywhere I go because someone always asks, man, what kind of job do you have that allows you to wear a suit like that? <laughs> All right, let me tell you. Great tool right there. The thing is that there's an air about this time of year. There's an air about the things going on. It's almost as if people really do want peace on earth and goodwill towards men. You know, we say it in our songs and it's in little mottos and on our decorations. It's peace on earth, goodwill towards all men. It's almost as if people really want it. But don't be fooled. You know just as well as I do. In about a week, maybe two, and if we're lucky, three, this air, in the air, this feeling of Christmas, this air, it'll dissipate. People will go back to their normal lives. People will go back to their normal selves, and for some, that's just being a jerk. Some of them, the Scrooge never fully left, but some of them, the Scrooge is going to come back. They put the mask on for a little bit. The thing is, Things don't always stick away in the Christmas, stick around for the Christmas spirit. 
And it's sad because I love this time of year. I love the air that this brings. But I think the reason for the, that it doesn't always stick around is all too often we have put too much hope and expectation upon the season of Christmas and not near enough hope and expectation upon Christ. Because one will give us a good season, the other will give us eternal life. And we need to remember where to put our hopes and expectations because this idea of peace on earth and joy to all the world, we, we assume is only a Christmas theme. But it's actually a biblical theme for all of life. It is something that we should be promoting to the ends of the earth for all time, every day that we're alive. Sometimes our expectations are unrealistic, especially when it comes to the season. We expect everyone to get along. We expect to get all the presents that we desired. We expect certain things, and sometimes our expectations are just a little too unrealistic. But other times, our expectations are not enough. We don't expect enough. And see, in our wrong expectations, we often miss the whole point. We miss the point of what's going on here. And we're not alone. I said last week, Christmas, uh, it's pretty clear in Scripture that Jesus was not born on December 25th. But that doesn't give us any reason not to celebrate that he was born. And if this is the day that people want to celebrate, then let's praise God and celebrate together that God came. Let's share this good news. But sometimes our expectation, even with that, is way too small. We expect the wrong things. We're not the only ones. The Jews did it long before us. The Jews expected someone other than Jesus to come. And this was based upon their expectations that they received what we call prophecies. Last week, uh, we looked at a promise that was given, a promise that was given during the time of uh, coming, going into exile, whenever the Jews were heading into exile, that Isaiah promised that a child is going to be born. This child is going to be the Messiah, or as Isaiah 7 says it, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They knew someone was coming. In fact, they knew even more than that. Isaiah 9 goes on to say, For a child is born for us, to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. How many of you have watched the news this past week and really are longing for the day whenever this passage is fully realized? I'm ready for a day when politics aren't what they look like now and have looked like for a very long time. I'm ready for a day that this is fully, that his, the government will rest on his shoulders. They knew a ruler was coming. They knew a king. A king was coming. And they had a special term to uh, call this person that was coming. Messiah. They would call him the coming Messiah. 
which means Savior, which means actually anointed one or specially chosen one. So they were looking in anticipation and expectation for the coming Messiah, that this Messiah, this Christ, would do amazing things. In fact, prophecies all over the Old Testament talk about some of the amazing things this Messiah would do, but let's continue in Isaiah. Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has appointed, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair, and their righteousness, in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Now, while most of the hopeful people, the Jews in Isaiah's time, would have considered a, and, and heard this prophecy, and considered a time whenever a earthly ruler would come and, and free them from their Babylonian captivity, free them from all the foreign oppressors, and establish a kingdom here on this earth, Isaiah 61 scoffs at such a puny, pint-sized little vision. This is much bigger than just, well, a Jewish king will come back. Under this spirit-filled leadership of the Messiah, there would not just be a different kingdom, there would be a different world that he would rule over and he would usher in a new day, a new idea. In fact, what Isaiah 61 is wanting us to understand is this ushering in of this new time is meant to look back and especially look at the Jewish understanding of the year of Jubilee. Now, you've heard something about the year of Jubilee, right? A little background from it. Leviticus 25 talks about the year of Jubilee. But Jubilee, well, first off, uh, to, to understand this a little bit more, um, every seven years, the, uh, the farmers and all the workers of the land were supposed to leave a field fallow, supposed to let it rest uh, for a whole year. That is not only good crop, uh, taking care of the crops for this time, but it also had a point and an implication. Everything is from the Lord. You can have the leftover produce come in that year, but you don't work the land because God will take care of you. They were supposed to do this every seven years. Now, seven sets of this was 49 years, and at the end of that 49th year was supposed to be a special year. So in the 50th year, it was supposed to be called a year of jubilee. And in this year, the, uh, all, the, all the land, if it was sold during these 50 years, it would be given back to the original owners, the original name. Um, slaves would be set free. Even in some cases, prisoners would be set free in the year of Jubilee. This was an exciting year, a full year that was meant to praise God. Debts were canceled. I just want to say that uh, you know, during this time of year, how many of us would love to have just a day of Jubilee on December 26th? All those debts, let's take them out. Be done with it. How much more so? 49 years of debt. Wiped out. That's, a, that's reason to celebrate. What it's saying in Isaiah 61 is the Messiah is going to bring 
jubilee, celebration. Isaiah 35 even talks a little bit more about this. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unstop the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will shout and sing. Ever since the Jews returned from captivity, when they came back home from captivity, they had been looking for this Messiah to fulfill these promises. They had been waiting in expectation for this future Messiah to come. But the problem is they had so much anticipation. In fact, I don't think we can fully understand the anticipation that they had in their day, waiting for this Messiah. We can't fully wrap our minds around it because we're on the other side. But they had so much anticipation and expectation that really they let their expectations run wild. They began to expect things of Jesus or of this Messiah that weren't true. They began to look for him in all the wrong places. In fact, the air of expectation that they had clouded their view from, of the coming king. So when Jesus shows up, he was born in a manger. They didn't expect that. The future king shouldn't be born amongst the animals. When he showed up, there was no pomp and circumstance. There was no, well, at least not to their knowledge. There was a celestial chorus. I would love to be one of those shepherds. Our singing here this morning, I, it was good. But I'm pretty sure it pales in comparison to the, to the angels singing about Christ's birth. I long for that day to hear that. Correction, to be a part of that song. If Revelation tells me anything, we are going to join that song, not just hear it. We get to share in that. But most Jews didn't see it. Most Jews weren't looking for it. And in fact, whenever Jesus started his ministry, people scoffed at him. Luke 4 tells us one day Jesus go, shows up in a synagogue to teach. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where, there, where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the ca that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You recognize that, don't you? He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All, all eyes of the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. You know what Jesus is saying there, right? Your expectations, all the anticipation that you have brought into this coming Messiah, it is fulfilled today. I am here. Jesus couldn't have said it any plainer. The Messiah that you've been waiting for? I am. I am He. That year of Jubilee that you've been waiting for? I brought it. But the people looked around and said, Man, is this all we get? Have you ever felt like that on Christmas morning? Maybe you have to stretch back to whenever you were a kid, but I'm convinced that every one of us has 
the uh, anticipation and expectation bubble just burst. Whenever we opened the last present, we didn't get what we were wanting. We're like, oh, is that it? Kind of wonder if the Jews kind of felt that way. Saying, wow, I really thought there was going to be something more to this. Jesus is not the guy that we expected. John the Baptist actually articulates this thought so well for us. Three chapters after Luke 4, John the Baptist is struggling. He is... He knows that Jesus is the Messiah. He's already proclaimed this, but things haven't really changed. In fact, John is in prison now, and he's wondering, man, were my expectations too high? I mean, is this really the expected Messiah? It's as if John is wondering, man, after all the buildup of 400 plus years of prophecies, actually 700 plus years of prophecies, I thought Jesus was going to be a great king. He's going to change this country. I thought things were going to look different. But maybe Jubilee hasn't come. John's still in prison. He's about to be beheaded. Some of you, like John, are familiar with uh, the disappointment of unrealized expectations. You're Cowboys fans. Oh, that was low. I'm sorry. Hey, they could change it this year. Look out. So the Messiah in their eyes, maybe hasn't lived up to their expectations. But maybe they had forgotten what really Jesus came for and what he was about. John sends a delegation of his disciples to go check out Jesus and say, really, are you the one or do we actually look for another? And Jesus says this. Now, this is a fulfillment of both Isaiah 35, Isaiah 61, and so many other prophecies. Jesus says, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. This is the gospel. This is what I came for. The world is changing. That's the beauty. See, what happens all too often is we're like John. Maybe we think too small. Maybe we expect things a little too small from Jesus whenever actually he's giving us something much bigger. Maybe we put too much expectation on Christmas and not enough expectation upon what Christ can do. And maybe we need to get our expectations right. See, the thing is, most of us, we want some glorious things out of this season. Most of us want some amazing, beautiful things out of this season. Maybe not wrapped up in presents uh, under the tree, but the presence of people. And we want different things, and we all have expectations during this time of year. Some for the right presents, some for just getting through it, some for whatever it may be. The question that I want to ask you and really leave you with this, this morning, as we approach Christmas Day, what are you anticipating? What are you expecting what is the feeling in the air for you? Are we expecting Christ to show up as he does every day? Or are we just expecting to go through the day as normal? I want you to know, Christ can deliver a holiday to you that will never fade. 
when the air of the feeling of Christmas fades away soon after New Year's and all the decorations are going away and the Christmas suits are put up and all the lights are turned off, we're going to feel like going back to normal. But Jesus can deliver you an air that will go on forever. It's not just for a small season. It's not just something that you box up and put away for the next year to come. Jesus can deliver to you a holiday, a year of jubilee that will not just last this year, but will last for eternity. The question is, are you really expecting Jesus to bring that? Or are you settling for a puny pint-sized version of peace on earth and goodwill towards men for this season? Jesus calls us to seek peace on earth, joy to the world, goodwill towards all men every day. And he gives us the means in which to do this himself. He is a wonderful counselor, comforter, prince of peace. The government, all of creation, everything rests upon his shoulders. See, Christmas is not just about a baby Jesus. Christmas is about Emmanuel. God coming here and showing us what life can truly be like. So this morning, if you want something to celebrate every day of your life, not just once a year, not just once in a blue moon, if you want something to celebrate every day, I want to introduce you to my Messiah the expected, anticipated Messiah who is going to come and rule the world. There's a, both a level in which he has started that and it's not yet complete. We live in an in-between time, but we still are under his reign. If you want to have something to celebrate, if you want a year of Jubilee, I want to introduce you to a church family that can help out. If you want something that gives you hope to wake up every morning with the air that people will notice life is different in you. I want you to give your life to Christ. Come to him, give your life to the waters of baptism so that you can be saved and part of his family. And if you want to join in that call, we welcome you. This morning, our elders and ministers will surround this auditorium. And if you need a prayer, if you need someone just to lean upon during this, it may be a hard time of year for you, or if you just need someone to share in the joy of the excitement that you have in Christ, we are here. We would love to share in that. If you want to come and make Christ your Lord and Savior, we welcome you as well. Would you let it be known? Come as we stand and sing together. You are